Hey Siri, find me a dope podcast for black insurance professionals. Connecting you to Sobel Live. What's going on, Sober family? Welcome to Sober Live, the dopest black insurance podcast on the planet. I'm T. Priest, the co-founder of Sober and president of Core Financial. Hello, everyone. This is Shay Norman, co-founder of Sober and also founder of The Bridge Financial Accountability Coaching Company. So, Sober, you know we usually keep our guests in the background until we get to our conversation, but we got a real special guest tonight. She's been a part of the show before. We didn't want to keep her backstage. She's got so much value <laughs> to bring to the conversation. We bought her right out, right from the gate. So with us tonight is Nicole Simpson, CEO of Go Fund Your Life. Thanks for joining us tonight, Nicole. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go around the room. Let's talk about how everyone's day has been so far. Let's let's go ahead and start with our guest, Nicole. Yeah. Nicole, how's your day been so far? You know, I am having a wonderful day. I always try to make sure that my Mondays start off good because it sets off the week the best way. So uh, I wasn't going to allow my Monday to be anything but wonderful. I hear that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Shout out to Ebony Jackson, um, who does our social media marketing. She kicked off Monday pretty nicely with some Monday motivation. So you all keep checking that out. Ebony is is really good with content creation. So um, she helped pump my Monday up a little bit. But yeah, this Monday has been good, very productive. Um the weekend was was really good. I enjoyed some good sleep with some with this crazy weather. But um took one of my nieces out and we kinda enjoyed the city as much as we could this weekend. But uh but yeah. Monday definitely um I could say built on that energy from the weekend. Yeah, it was a pretty cold weekend. So we okay Cold is relative. We're in Atlanta. It's cold. You're in Ohio, right? Right. So, we I had mean, snow over the weekend. Okay, so, uh, yeah. About three or four inches accumulation. So, yeah, it was cold, cold here. Yeah, no, that, that's, I always have to keep that in the back of my mind because I've been in Atlanta since 2006, right? Mm-hmm. I'm originally from New York, so, you know, I've grown up in the cold. But since I've been here... It's, it's different. I can't tolerate it like I used to. Like, Shay, when we went up to um, D.C. a few weeks ago, right. we left here. It was nice. We got to D.C. The pilot said right before we landed, it was 33. Yeah. I didn't even have a coat because I was used to, you know, how nice it's been in Atlanta. So, yeah, it's definitely adjustment. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I thought you were going to get a cold or something, but I'm glad you were okay. <laughs> I was good. I was good. So, yeah, you know, my Mondays have kind of turned into my office day. Um you know, I had some conversations on the phone today with some carriers, getting some stuff cleaned up, um, had some conversations with some agents. Uh, I'll share a little bit of information about the conversation with the carrier. We did kick that conversation off earlier on the Facebook page wall. So you guys, some of y'all have already chimed into that conversation. But my goal is 
I'm trying to get to four hours a day, four days a week. That's my goal. Working four hours a day, four days a week. So in those four hours, getting stuff that I need to get done, done, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I, I'm an agent. I run an agency. There's some stuff I have to do every day tied to the business. So I want to get that locked down to four hours, four days. Four hours a day. The rest of the you know time, I want to do things that I want to do, right? So some of that might be business related, right? I'm, right. I'm, I'm revamping my my agency. We got a relaunch coming pretty soon. I got a new podcast. I enjoy that stuff. So there'll still be work being done, but I want all the crucial stuff to be be to be be able to be done within that four hour window. So that's kind of what I'm pushing for right now. I like that. That's a yeah. good goal. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. I'll keep y'all updated. So let's jump into um, some industry news since we had Nicole in the studio. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to her input on some of these stories. Shay, I know you sent me some stuff that you want to cover. So let's go off there. I did. I'm going to I'm going to cover one of them, maybe delve into another. But the one you sent was pretty interesting. I It was so interesting. I didn't even go into it. I said, let me let me just hear this, you know, during the podcast. But this is something that's been creeping up in my feed, in my emails, pretty much because I'm in the Medicare space. But I read an article uh, from Barron's. It said, how do insurers love thee? Because people's mailboxes are being bombarded like they are every year when it comes to turning 65 and, you know, the fact that you can enroll in Medicare. We've got all these commercials that are kind of pulling Medicare folks into a conversation about, you know, what benefits they're eligible for. And they're kind of talking to a lot of different people, getting confused. But at the end of the day, the reason why there's so much going on in that space is because I was going to say Medicare, but CMS or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which is a part of the federal government or a um, I would say a department under a department with the federal government. They're the ones that fund Medicare Advantage programs. And basically the funding has just increased and increased. So anyone in the healthcare space, if you don't for a time or two kind of pay attention to the Kaiser Family Foundation, and the stats and information they put out, you should make it a bookmark um, on your desktop. But basically it says Medicare Advantage funding in recent years has is going to keep increasing. By the time we get to 2029, it will have increased to $664 billion, which is more than double the $348 billion that is spent right now. Now, half of the reason is... First of all, people like Medicare Advantage. 42%, I think they this was last year, 42% of Medicare recipients are actually on a Medicare Advantage plan. If you sold Medicare years ago, you know that it was it was a bit harder to get someone from their, you know, just their red, white and blue card to tacking on a healthcare plan. Nowadays, it's like which company do I go with? Not is it a question. Um with that being said, so that's half of the reason. The other half is that the companies keep adding benefits to be more competitive and rebates that the Medicare beneficiaries get. Who doesn't want a rebate, right? So as it increases, the other thing is our commissions have been increasing too, which is not a bad thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. The commissions, that's great because that's why I left Medicare because 
the commissions were, were getting cut. Like when I came in, I mean, we were making good money selling Medicare Advantage. And, you know, CMS stepped in because of, you know, all the fraud and stuff that was going in. And they said, I guess they said, maybe if we cut commissions, they'll get out of this space and go somewhere else, which, you know, didn't really happen. But have you seen a shift in who's buying Medicare Advantage? Because when I was there, it was being sold in a lot of low income areas. Right. Which is good and bad, because when I came into the industry, people were buying Medicare supplements. Yeah. Right. You pay two hundred fifty dollars a month for your plan, whatever. And you knew exactly what your expenses for the year were going to be. Right. So when Medicare Advantage came around, people were out pushing zero premium products in some lower income areas, which was very attractive because it was cheaper than their two hundred dollar med sub. But what a lot of agents weren't really explaining were the co-pays, right? right? MedSup, predictable. $200 a month if I have open heart surgery, I'm covered. Yeah. The Medicare Advantage may be a zero premium, but you may pay $300 per day in the hospital. Your right. doctor may not be in the network. So where it caught on for me is going to people that had a little bit more money mm-hmm. that were wanting to take control of their health and saying, if I have a good year, I pay zero. If I have a bad year, my max out of pocket is five grand, six grand, whatever, which is cool because I got that in the bank. They hated the idea of paying premiums that they may never use us with auto mm-hmm. insurance. Right. They said they wanted to take control of their health and said, okay, that Medicare Advantage makes sense for me. So are you seeing the, the people that are taking advantage of this changing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing, how I train an agent and nobody should really have to tell you this, but, you know, but um, so the way I train agents is it's not an either or you don't make a judgment based on commission, based on income, their income or anything like that as to what you should be helping them to enroll in or purchase. You really should be doing a thorough needs analysis. Mm -hmm. Now, in the back of your mind, you might say, oh, I know for sure this person is going to go with the Medicare Advantage. There's certain things that you can pick up on that tell you a little bit about someone's income sometimes, but you really can't assume. So what you do, you do a thorough needs analysis, sit back, let them know the difference between the two routes and let them choose. You know, Mm -hmm. And, and again, like I said, because of the commission increase, what I do know is that more people are going to try and continue to try and push folks into a Medicare Advantage plan that think just how you describe that they like the convenience of just paying a monthly premium and never paying co-pays. But the deal is we know it. Everybody here knows it. Um, but for newer agents, do not get stuck in trying to sell people stuff based on a commission. It will backfire on you. If not right then, it'll backfire when that person realizes that you sold them something they didn't need, whether they think you did it on purpose or not, do you think you're going to get referrals? You know, when you sell someone something they don't really need or you didn't explain it properly and someone else comes behind you and does so. So that's the thing I would caution against. And just to delve into it a little bit, I don't know if you or Nicole, if you all heard this, but 72% of the individuals that were a part of what was called the Great Recession. Now, this is a Fox News article I read. 72% of those folks are regretting the move that they made. So another thing on top of this story that I'm thinking is going to end up being an issue, 
just like when the real estate market crashed and we had lots of real estate real estate agents entering insurance, I'm thinking several people who are disgruntled, um, feel like somebody sold them a dream or they didn't do their due diligence on a new job are going to be coming to this industry. There's a low barrier to entry. Kenny talked about it last week, not even just getting your license, but literally setting up and starting to market yourself. It's really, really low cost. So those of us with agents um, who build in agencies, be weary and really look over the people that you plan on adding you know, to your team, because it could be a lot of people who are going to be looking at commissions only. So, Nicole, what's your thoughts on that? You know, um, I don't know anything about Medicare. That is the one area of insurance that I don't touch at all. But I, mean, I think it's fundamental when it comes down to it and you're just thinking about making sure that you're always putting your client first, you know, and in any type of a program that you're offering. Um, it, it disgusts me when people come to the table and the first thing they want to know is who pays the highest commission for something because that highest commission may not be the best product for your client. So I think you hit the nail on the head, Shay, you know, making sure that you have a good fact finder and that you're making the appropriate recommendation that's based on them and not you. You're going to come out on top um, in the long run. And, you know, we have to train our agents to do the same thing. Yeah. And, and Shay, I know last, not last week, the week I was gone, I had sent you over an article um, about a cease and desist to, um, I can't remember the company's name. They're a big marketing organization. Um, and they, they talk a lot about high commissions. Like and, FFL, you know, Family I, First I Life. I believe that was it. I believe okay. that was it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't really get a chance to, to really dig into it because I wasn't on the show that week. But, you know, I always tell, I, I'm echoing what y'all say. I tell agents, don't chase high commissions, right? It can if you're not writing good business, that's going to be a problem for you because it's nice to get that 100% 12 month advance until people start canceling on you. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was a period of time when I was building my book where I had a majority of my business on as earned because right? mm -hmm. I got a couple of burnt. I got burnt a couple of times. And, you know, a lot of people shy away from that, but it's not a bad thing to get a check every month, right? We, we talk about renewals, you know, that's more, that's, we, we love the front loaded advances, but, you know, getting a check every month when your client pays is not a bad thing either. You know, if you manage your money, right. Again, it's lovely to get those 12, those 12, nine, 10, 11, 12 months up front or whatever it is that you advance on. But, you know, that can also bite you behind. The, there's money in this industry, right? Good business and you'll make good money, mm -hmm. right? You don't have to chase, you know, high commission. But yeah, that, that article was kind of interesting. And since I, I sent it, I saw a couple of other people share, you know, some stories. I don't know much about them. Um, I know they are they're great at marketing. They put out great content um, with their agents. You know, I've seen a ton of their videos. But you know, it's quite quite interesting that you know they got cease and desist. You know, I, I guess people were complaining. But if you do the work, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't don't taste it. Don't taste it. And we know, you know, that's always going to happen. Just don't let it be you, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. We we updated our fact finder um, at our agency to kind of help to work around that in terms of 
collecting uh, income and information. And one of our questions is actually, um, <laughs> have, you, have you had an overdraft in your bank account in the last six months? Mm. Um, we want to know that from our clients because that helps us understand how financially stable they are. And we just add it into the mix of our regular questions that we're asking. And it helps us get a better picture of what type of individual that we're working with at that particular point in time. We ask questions like, hey, do you keep a monthly budget? How often have you had this particular issue? So and so and so, what are your financial concerns? So it's not, it doesn't feel, you know, like we're just pushing something off on them. But then when we come back and review it, that's a good way for us to determine how we're going to uh, accept our commission. Right. We know that that person is kind of already a little bit shaky financially. That's going to make us shaky financially. So that's going to be the first client that we're going to say, yeah, we want that to be an as earned client um, because we don't know where we're going with that. So um, that's dope, Nicole. And and that speaks to you. Right. The way you run your agency. Right. Because, you know, you and I have had several conversations, you know, uh, on the phone and, and we kind of share ideas you know, back and forth. And, and I love the way you run your agency, but that's, a, that's, that's because of you. Like there's some agents that can't ask that question. If you ask somebody how they had an overdraft in the last six months, the basic agent is going to get cussed out. That's too much info, but I'm, I'm assuming that your agents operate like you. So that's Absolutely. not a problem. So again, that's, that's contributed to you. Great job that your agents are able out there to get out there and get that kind of info because most agents can't get that info. So kudos. Let to me you add some that. kudos to that because I, I this is why I was excited about this conversation all day. So Nicole was like, we we didn't send her any questions. We just knew this was going to be a good conversation. But just just to piggyback on that, I was thinking about how you know the more confident you are, you know, in yourself, in your abilities, in your tools. The, the smoother the process goes, the smoother the selling or educating process goes. And I love how you said you added that to the questions because the more the more information that you're getting from them, that shows confidence and it also allows that client to value you more. Hey, I'm not just showing up and throwing up. I'm not just trying to push something on you. No, I have something valuable here. And I would like to get to know you in these right. ways. And so you're right, TP. Some agents can't do that. Even if she does give them some questions, you know, from the top of the page, some questions at the bottom, and that one is in there somewhere. Some people are just going to falter because they don't have the confidence in what they're doing, you know, to deliver yeah. that. So I, that's that's really powerful. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I, I've been in that place. Yeah. I, I have 20 questions to ask. And based on how that prospect is acting, I'm not asking that question. I don't feel like getting cussed out. I don't feel like getting kicked out. I'm not going to ask that question. We're going to try to skirt around it. So I've been there. And, you know, it wasn't until I connected with people to Shay's point that gave me the confidence to to go in there and do it right without having to worry about the result of if I got a sale or not. Like when you genuinely care about a person and want to help them, it's a whole different flow. But when you got to meet numbers, you're going to take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been there, so I've grown out of it. But um, I do want to touch on on that second story you, you, you shared, Shay, about what did you call it? The great what? 
Well, the the article that was the the name of the article. It was in Fox News, and basically they're saying that seventy two percent of those that resigned during the the Great Resignation um, are regretting that they did that. Now, here's yeah. the hit. This I laughed about this. This came from a survey taken by Muse. They took this survey from a pool of twenty five hundred millennials mm. and Gen Xers, right. and I was like. Yeah, y'all drunk the Kool-Aid. Somebody yeah. sold you something. And then too, I mean, several lots of millennials have families and are married and have children. But when I saw that it was a, you know, a subset of 2500 millennials and Gen Xers, it made a lot more sense to me. Right. Just to be honest. No, so I know we talked about that a little bit over the weekend and I went to do some research to see if there was an increase in our industry because of, you know, people looking for op- new opportunities. I didn't find anything um, recent as mm-hmm. far as you know the numbers. Everything I, I saw was really based out of either 2020 or 2021. And everybody's saying the projected um, uptick in our industry is gonna be about 10% per year is, is most of the articles I read. So I didn't see any crazy numbers, but again, um, they just may not be updated yet because this is still fairly new, I think. Yeah. That started maybe about a year or so ago. So right. it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out. Um, any more stories before you, before I jump into mine? No, I want to hear the story you sent me. Okay. So y'all, y'all know I love YouTube. Um, I saw a video the other day of rapper Soldier Boy. And he was, he was pissed because he went into a bank to take out 100,000 cash. Right. I had no idea why these why they take out this much money. But anyway, long story short, he went in and take a hundred, a hundred thousand cash and the bank only had 30,000 to give him. Right. So, you know, he's on there. Where's my money? Blah, blah, blah. You know, banks are trash. And, and we know that if we made a run on the banks, the, the money's not there. They invest the money, right? They, they keep a certain amount of money in the bank. The rest is invested or, or, you know, spread in different areas. So, you know, if you got a million in the bank, you're not going to walk in the bank and take out a million. But it was that story in the story with uh, Ryan Coogler. Right. It was the second one when he went in to take out, I think it was like 12000 He had the money, but, you know, banking while black. They thought he was trying to rob the bank or whatever. Cops got called and that situation got messy. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, we need to have a conversation about where we put our money when we amass a certain amount of wealth, right? We know the bank, if you get 1%, you're doing good. Even if you put it in the jumbo CD and get like 2% or whatever. So I don't want to dig into it too much because I think this is a a long conversation we need to have, but we need to start talking about insurance products around that term that's being used a lot about creating your own bank. Mm-hmm. Right. There are insurance products that you can use that can protect you and your money from things that people are dealing with on a common basis when it comes to the bank. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many of us have been in the bank and felt like these people don't give a damn about me. Right. So I, I want us to, you, you know, we talk about, you know, financial literacy, you know, and so many other things that we really need to have conversations about in our community. And I think getting to a conversation about how to properly use some of the stuff that we do 
and sell and offer as agents for people in these spaces needs to be have more. And I, I know we have, I don't want to let the cat out the bag because he hasn't officially announced it, but um, you know, one of our directors just landed an NBA player as a client, right? And I'm sure that conversation wasn't based around burial insurance and things like that. I'm sure there were some more advanced conversations about how these products can work that attracted that client. So we may not all be in a space where we have that kind of money, but just positioning ourselves and taking back, you know, our authority, I think is very important. And we can definitely tie that into a conversation, you know, about building and protecting our wealth. You know, the thing that I think is so strange about those stories, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you guys, but in my long financial career, uh, I spent a good deal of it after the 2008, 2009 recession working in retail banking. So I worked here in Columbus, Ohio at Huntington Bank and Huntington had an investment company and an insurance company. So I worked in retail where I could sell you a checking account, a savings account, a loan, uh, your insurance or an investment or an annuity. So I had the whole gamut there for me. And there is a special group that is called private banking group. So when someone wants to withdraw $100,000 or $12,000 like um, Mr. Kugler wanted to, typically you're going to have a conversation with a private banker. And when you are a high net wealth client, you usually have a person on call that all you have to do is dial a number and they are there. They will meet you wherever you need to be. They will drive an armored car to where you need to be to make sure that you can get what it is that you want. If we had a high net worth client that came into our bank and asked us for anything like that, we weren't even allowed to talk to them. We had to get PFG on, on the line. Hmm. So I'm very confused about where those private banking relationships are, if they do exist or why those folks are choosing not to use them. Um, because both of those stories are just so outlandish when I know how banking works. No, they can't have a hundred grand in cash. Because if somebody comes and robs them, then that's a hundred grand in cash. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So that's not what you want to have. You want to have low amounts of cash on hand unless you know ahead of time that something like that's going to be coming in. So part of that whole issue is that people need to learn how to use the system appropriately. Right. right? Because banks are banks and they're going to be what they are, especially for our liquid cash. So, you know, so, somebody needs to give them a little ringling and say, hey, um, that's not how this works. That's <laughs> so not how any of this works, right? Again. Yeah. So it, it sounds like the Soldier Boy story, yeah, I definitely get that young boy walking in saying, give me 100000 whatever. Mm -hmm. I get that. I think the thing that's interesting to me with the, the Ryan Krugler story is he said that in the past he's gone into the bank. I think this one was like a $12,000 withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he said he's gone in and done this before. His issue was the bankers were running the money through the machine and talking about it where everybody could hear. So mm -hmm. he, he wrote a, he said, I wrote a note telling her, don't count the money like right here and be talking about it because I don't want everybody to know I'm about to put 12 stacks in my pocket and walk out the door. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Nicola, it does sound strange that these of transactions are being handled at the counter. Exactly. Yeah, they, and they shouldn't. And they should not. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going initially, TP, as far as us being educated. Now, you definitely spoke a word, you know, on being educated about other places to put your money, places where your money will work better for you. 
But hello, people, private banking. You know, how? Wh where's the value in what you're bringing in? You just go plop it in a bank account next to someone who has $75 in an account, no shade, but you're a higher net worth individual. Matter of fact, if you're a business, hello, Soba has a private banker. Uh -huh. We're nowhere near. Excuse shout me. Shout out to Rantis. Shout out. But, <laughs> and shout out to Soldier Boy. He's not just a rapper. He's an up and coming tech mogul. So he really ought to have a private banker. Hello. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we, you know, we, we live in, in Columbus, Ohio, where Les Wexner lives. You know what I mean? So this is limited brands, Lane Bryant, all of that kind of stuff. You think they're not going to send an armored car to right. wherever he needs to be? To right. be able to handle what he needs to, we even used to send an armored car and bankers to the affluent um, senior living homes because mm. those uh, individuals could not get out of their uh, senior living facilities to come and get cash. Mm. So there are ways to be able to do it. All of this seems very bizarre, and especially for you to pass a note. I mean, I worked at a teller station. You pass me a note, that's suspicious. They train you on that. You know what but I mean? That is very suspicious. I, I, I agree you with hand you. it off with your ID. So I don't think that that person was wrong. I think that she could have taken an additional step just to see if this person is who he says he is and if those dollars are there. But that is definitely a suspicious act because you're saying you want to have this transaction done in privacy, which is true. You should. And that's what private bankers are for, because they help you handle all of your transactions in privacy. Typically, they will call you to a separate room, allow you to be able to take care of your business and nobody knows what's going on. So, yeah, and, and I, I agree. And I don't want to get too far in the weeds with the story, but it, it, he did give his ID and his bank card with the note. Yeah. According, according to the story. And I mean, even the cops were like, yeah, this this may have been a little bit much. But yeah, yeah. We, we definitely we definitely need to continue to educate you know, to get our people out of those positions. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely in a position to do so. So let's go ahead and trans. Oh, last thing I did want to cover again, I posted this on the wall. Um, right now, Transamerica is taking about 14 days to process um, applications. Um, this was for a couple of term policies I wrote that have just been sitting and pending for weeks. I decided to call today. They said they're about 14 days behind. Um, some other people, you know, jumped on and said, yeah, this carry is, you know, 10 days behind or whatever. And Nicole, I know you did, you know, jump on. I didn't get to read your message, but I did ask a question. Why did people think that now we're now dealing with these delays and you shared something? So I wanted to give you an opportunity to share that again. Yeah. I mean, I, when you ask the carrier, they say that there's just an influx of applications, which is true, right? Because social media is talking everywhere about all the different kinds of insurance products. We're coming out of a pandemic where people actually died. So there is definitely a heightened awareness around insurance. What I see more so, though, is it's risk classifiers. So these systems are designed to either push you through automatically if you've got a good, clean app. And that's not always health questions. Those are these risk classifiers that might be related to your finances. It could be related to your hobbies. It could be related to all sorts of different things because they don't tell us what's really in the risk classifiers. Right. So when they get a hit on risk classifiers, they're pushing all of those directly to a manual underwriter. The reason why I think we're seeing more of this is because there's so much business coming in that they can afford to be choosy. 
and they are allowing those risk classifiers to push those cases off to the side so someone can go through them with a fine tooth comb. Um, I had two cases that have been sitting in underwriting for 14 days, and one of them was declined today. I hardly ever get business declined. You know, in this type of business that was declined, this particular client, I wrote her for a, a very similar policy a year ago with another carrier. She had some things happen and um, and let the policy lapse and we went ahead to reapply. Nothing's changed with her since then. They are just scrutinizing more. Wow. So I see why some podcasts are like two hours long. <laughs> you, you said something that can spark a whole nother conversation. They they can afford to be choosy. Mm-hmm. I, I We don't have time to go there, but I did circle that. And that is going to be a conversation that we need to and are going to have, you know, mm-hmm. sooner than later. So, um, you know, we bought you here because there's some great things you got going on that we want to share. So I don't want to take up all the not all the time in industry news. So. Before we pivot, um, I do want to say, uh, Soba, moving forward, all of our podcasts are going to be sponsored, right? So, you know, some of you have reached out and said you have some some services or products you want to offer the group. This would be a great opportunity for you to do that. Every week, we'll run an ad for you. We'll have sponsorship opportunities. If you have something that you want to present to the group, um, remember, we... Our podcast is not just here on Facebook. Uh, it, it lives forever in on Apple and Spotify and shortly on YouTube. So it's not just a one run play. You, you People will be hearing this thing every time someone listens to the podcast. So if you have something you want to offer, you know, reach out to us, let us know. But tonight's podcast is sponsored by Miss Nicole Simpson and the Go Fund Your Life Insurance Agency. So thank you for that, Nicole. And Take a second, tell people about the business, what y'all do, and how they can get more information from you. For sure, for sure. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be a sponsor and a guest. So I am am the president of GoFundYourLife, and what we are is a financial education and resource firm. So we strive to be able to educate our community, our small business owners, and individuals on all things financial, and we happen to sell insurance. So in addition to offering protection in home, auto, and life insurance and business insurance, we spend a great deal of time helping individuals make sure that their financial house is in order because we know that no one wants to build a fence around a dilapidated house. So we help people build their homes. So we have some very robust and comprehensive financial education courses that we use under the Urban Cash Coach brand where we can help individuals create a budget, help individuals understand what their net worth is, and then also be able to determine what their numbers are, such as what is their retirement number? What is their number that they need to be able to get out of debt? And just full comprehensive financial literacy training for individuals so that they can get things right and truthfully build, protect, and pass on generational wealth. So we've been doing this for now five years. And uh, I've got 14 years in the industry, and we've got a small team uh, throughout the Midwest that is helping folks get their financial lives in order. So we would love to invite you to check us out at GoFundYourLife.com. Thank you for being our sponsor tonight. And I owe you a reply to an email you sent me about that. So please remind me. 
because you sent me an email over a week ago. I did not reply to. Something. Ooh, I'm coming. I'm coming for you because you did not reply, and I need your feedback. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's get into tonight's topic: um, winning through relationship equity, mm-hmm. right? So Shay, you you came up with that title. Let me let me let y'all know. So, but if it's a dope title, it's Shay. If it's a basic title like "How to Make Ten Grand in a Week," that's me. So just know, <laughs> you'll know who who wrote the title. By the way, it's laid out because that was really my title, and she was like, "We're not doing that." So you it's know. a family affair because you all should have seen what I came up with for the graphics. When you see graphics, is him. When you see a good title, it's me. So it, it, it worked out. So I, I wanna I wanna frame the conversation about how we got here. Um, I follow. Nicole on social media. And if y'all don't, I suggest you do. And she'll give her information uh, at the end of the podcast. At least twice a day, she posts something that makes sense to me, that I pay attention to, right? So a couple of weeks ago, you you had a post. um, I think it was like a $10,000 week. And what the week wasn't even over. This was like maybe by Wednesday or Thursday, you you had already made $10,000. And then you posted some crazy numbers about what your team was doing. It was in the millions. I don't even remember the, the whole context of it. I just got caught up in the numbers and said, I need to call Nicole and find out what's going on because I need to relocate to Ohio because the numbers were crazy. <laughs> and um, you know, just kind of watching what you do, we wanted to have a conversation to, to ha- kind of help agents get out of their way, right? We don't need to recreate the wheel. We just need to follow a system that that works. And obviously you have one. So you, you've kind of introduced yourself twice, you know, so far, but is, is there anything in your intro before we really get into the conversation that you haven't shared yet that you want to? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. The only other thing that I'd like to share is that I am, um, I am a designation junkie, which helps me to build credibility. So I'm consistently looking for designations. So you see there that I've got my master's in business administration. Anybody can get that. Got a CFEI, which is a certified financial education instructor's license. And then I also just recently added a CAP, which is a chartered advisor in philanthropy, because I believe that if you're going to truly be wealthy, then you will indeed follow through with being philanthropic. And so if my intention is to deal with folks who are building wealth, then I need to be prepared to help them give it to the organizations that deserve it. So uh, I added that feather in my cap last year. So that's, um, I think that's the only thing we didn't cover today. Dope. So Shay, I'm, I'm gonna let you jump in real quick before you, before you do. Can you just go t- share those, some of those numbers that you and I talked about that you shared on, on social media, the 10,000, the millions and in, in submission. Just talk about that a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I like to share the these are these are not commission the millions are not commission numbers obviously mm-hmm. we're talking about face amount in in life insurance and I think that's extremely important because oftentimes people get really 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 caught up in buying insurance for fancy purposes they either want to buy ten thousand dollars to cover a funeral or they want to buy fifty thousand dollars in whole life so they can have a little cash to dip into. Neither of those are designed to be able to cover what insurance was ever designed to do. So insurance was designed, life insurance was designed to protect your income first. 
So when I meet with clients and I train my team to do the same is to identify how much income protection that we need first and foremost. So at our agency, we're always selling a convertible term policy up front just to be able to keep the cost down. And that convertible term is extremely important because that means that I tell people it's like a rent with option to buy kind of deal. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it allows people to ease into having some life insurance, having enough life insurance. So if they died yesterday, everything's going to be taken care of. And now we've got you fully approved. And now I've got the next 20 years to be able to get you over to that permanent insurance side. So we're building a relationship and consistently staying in touch with each other. So those numbers look a little larger than what you typically may see, because we almost always start with probably at least a million dollars because you got to be almost, I mean, you got to be making like $5 to not be able to calculate a million dollars in insurance need when you really look at all of the things that are included. So that's really what we do there. Um, so, and I think that sets us apart a little bit because everyone's not doing that. You know, people are here's here's a hundred thousand. You know, it's like they're pulling these prices right numbers out of the. We're going to calculate it for you. We're actually going to determine. Hey, how much income do you make now? Right? How many children do you have? Your youngest child is zero years old, so you have at least the next twenty one years that you're going to have to be financially responsible for this child. What's that actually going to cost? Because people don't know. So we calculate it for them and then we try to get as much of that as we can covered um, bare bones basic before we start to move into any of those other fancy kinds of plans. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You Go ahead, Shay. I'll open you. I just want listen, we're going to get to the equitable relationships, but I, that's what I was wanting to hear, too. And I love the fact that you you just confirmed something for me. Now, clearly, you all know I'm not writing right now, but when I was, Nicole and I are. Uh, we're like soul sisters, seriously. Yeah. The way that she, with the way that she delivers what she does, and the convertible term, that was that was my thing. You know, when it came to younger individuals, and even this last month, I had someone who was ready to convert. It had been five years, um, but she 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 understood. But it took almost every year for me to remind her. Right, this is why we're doing this. This is what we're doing. And then this year, year five, it's like. I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to convert. You know, I, I got that job or I got that deal that I told you I thought I would. I've increased my money. She's in um, the film industry. So I've increased my income. I'm ready to convert. So I love the confirmation um, in that, that you're doing mm-hmm. that. Um, when we talked about your week, because this week you had triggered a call, you know, for me too. And we had a great conversation that led me to look at the way you built your agency, the way that you work with your agents, the way you work with your clients, even even when you talk about the actual product of a convertible term, mm-hmm. that's a relationship right yeah. there, right? And so we talk, you said you said that the relationships that you have right now basically are those of equity, those that bring value, right? So mm-hmm. Before we jump into that, were you complete about talking through this week? How how you came to those numbers? Um, on, on those numbers that T asked about, I think I mean, if you wanted me to speak more about that ten thousand dollar week, I can jump in there. You tell me what you what you want yeah, me to do. Do that. Do that because I know everybody really wants to hear any nuts and bolts you want to give on that. 
So yeah, so yeah, the, the $10,000 commission Wednesday, because we won't say that it was the whole week. Um, so, so by Wednesday, there was $10,000 in commission. And it really, it, it sprung from someone who had been my client years ago when I owned a different um, big box agency. So um, I have learned through the industry. I also owned a farmer's agency. You guys are getting my whole resume today. Mm -hmm. So I owned a farmer's agency for about four years before I sold it and had made some connections with someone. And this individual, um, you know, went on about his business and I went on about mine, but I was smart enough that when I sold my agency, I sold the book, but I did not sell my phone number. So I maintained the phone number that dialed into my agency. And so I added that as a phone number on our business line. And he just picked up the phone one day and rung me up and said, hey, I'm so glad to find you still here at Farmers. I said, you know what? I'm not actually <laughs> at Farmers anymore. This is still that same phone number and I'm still in the same industry. Um, you know, let's talk. And so one conversation led to another. He's a business owner. He was looking to do some creative things with some of that becoming your own bank. Um, and we set up some things for him. We did some a rollover for him. He had just transitioned from a job to being a business owner. So a lot of it literally just came from this long-standing relationship where I had built that rapport, you know, six years ago, probably, um, left an impression on him. And he kept that business card in his wallet since forever. Ever. And at the moment that he was ready, he picked up the phone and called me. And you were there. <laughs> so it was, it was a really dope phone call. And then, you know, the other pieces of it were just, uh, we have a, a pension initiative right now. We're bringing pensions back. Mm. Uh, a lot of these folks are slipping and falling with uh, these 401ks and IRAs, and they don't know. Grandma and grandpa had a pension, and they had some Social Security gravy on top, and we are bringing pensions back here in Columbus, Ohio. So we've got a lot of small business owners that we're working with to be able to help create those pensions, and people are doing that. And then, of course, with the economy. I've been preaching and teaching to all of these folks um, in my financial education classes, the Urban Cash Coaching Academy, that when the economy starts to look shaky, that's the time for you to put a lock on your retirement. So what can we do? We're going to take those retirement dollars and your old 401k that have been earning money. Call me up and let's roll it over and put a lock on it and make sure that it's safe so you don't lose any money and you're able to continue to keep your gains. And guess what? They listen. So as soon as that bell started ringing and we started seeing those arrows pointing down, my phone's been ringing off the hook. Remember you told me you was at church that one time? Remember when we had this class? And I'm like, hey, yeah, and it's time now. you know. So let's go ahead and do these things because you want to make sure that you hold on to what you've been able to gain. So that was that. you know. That's so awesome. a long time in the making. It didn't happen overnight. These yeah. were five and six year rapport building conversations and me just beating the drum and people listen yeah and you were smart you're really smart about keeping that phone number you were uh. really smart about that phone number <laughs> <laughs> the details the details but no what i'm hearing is like you said planting seeds being mm -hmm. consistent yeah. and like we talked about creating situations where people find value in you and then you pour value into them. Because when we talked and you told me about your week, you told me all that about your week. But again, the thing that stuck out to me was, like I said, we talked about equitable relationships because not only is does that matter just in life period and as you grow your business, colleagues, agents, all of that, 
but it matters when it comes to the client relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to ask you this. I, we didn't talk about this on the phone. When it comes to equitable relationships, well, before I ask you that, what does that mean to you, equitable relationships? It means that I'm not giving more than I should and I'm not taking more than I should in any relationship, period. Simple. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. The funny thing The funny thing I thought about is I wonder if Nicole has a process every year or every month. I don't know. How often do you clean out your contacts? Um, I don't clean out my contacts, but I absolutely evaluate my relationships regularly. Very, very regularly. Um, I evaluate my referral partners. I evaluate, you know, my, my my clientele in terms of who is in the, you know, the top tiers of my book and other places. I evaluate my mentorships, my friendships, because all of those things matter in terms of all of our growth. You know, and you're going to always be either a giver or a receiver, you know, but after a while, you'll find out that you are a little bit further to the left or right. I want to be balanced. I want to be in the middle of all of those relationships all the time. You know what I mean? I never want to be the one who's doing too much on either end or doing too little. I want to carry my weight, but I don't want to do it all. I just want to be in the middle. Yeah. My mother says, um, you know, you can use me, but just don't misuse me, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and then it goes in the reverse as well. So I, I love the whole idea of equitable relationships because you're not just talking about getting from someone else or not wanting to be treated a certain way, you know, from someone else. You're talking about your responsibility in that, too. And a lot of times I think it's really we're almost the last one we look at when it comes to a relationship or an outcome that goes wrong. And so it takes a really responsible and thoughtful person, in my opinion. And maybe it took some maturity because I know for me, I connected with you on that. But it definitely took some maturity um, to come to a point where I, you know, wanted equitable relationships. So I just appreciated um, your 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 laying that out really in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had some referral partners that come calling me here the last uh, week or so. It said uh, it doesn't. It doesn't look to me like you, you. You're not in the business anymore. You're not sending me any. I said, let me pull up my file. Well, it appears to me that I sent you 13 referrals last year, and I can't find one where anything came back my way. Did you? Did, did something slip through the cracks? Did you want to share with me? I, I, I maybe I missed it. And then they couldn't. And I'm just like, this doesn't just go one way. Yeah. 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 So I I, I guess you and I have to work on our equitable relationship a little bit, Nicole, because you charged me the other day when I called you. (laughs) So, so, hey, hey, sober family, real talk. Y'all know I'm I'm in the process of rebranding. I was trying to figure out if I was going to change my LLC or do a DBA. So I started making some phone calls and I text Nicole. You know, I asked her, did she know anything about a DBA? She said, yeah, call me up. So we had a conversation, probably about 10 minutes. And she's like, yeah, go ahead and send me lunch money. Run my run my money real quick. So <laughs> I sent her over 20 for 10 minutes. So I'm she's about 120 at least an hour, just in case you don't want to keep your brain sober. Well, let's so, be clear. Anyway. It's, it's, it's 150 an hour, so you got a discount. Ooh. Ooh. I hooked you up. I hooked you up. I hooked maybe you up. I should, I maybe up. I should be quiet then. I had to yeah. run an extra 30. So no, but I mean that's dope because like you know what you bring to the table. 
right? They, I think a lot of times we undervalue what we offer because of the lack of confidence mm-hmm. and not knowing exactly what it is. How long have you been in the industry again? I've been in the industry 14 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. 10 plus, like, you you a keeper. You, you're here to stay. Like, ain't no transition at that point. You, you put in the work. So, you know, and, and I wasn't offended because, I mean, I actually offered, like, hey, if, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, because I, I respect what you do and you taking the time out to say, hey, call me, let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So I think we need to be, we need to make sure if we're not, that we get in the habit of not taking advantage of those relationships so they're not equitable. Like Nicole right. said, it can't just be one way. I shouldn't expect to be able to pick up the phone and just call anybody in your position and get 10, 15 minutes of your time without offering anything back. We, we got to get out of that mindset of just because I'm connected with somebody, I should have access to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it creates a boundary. It creates a boundary so people know that they cannot go further than what, you know, they... They, they've been allowed. So yeah. that was what I learned. This, this didn't happen overnight. Believe me, I've been dragged through the ringer mm-hmm. plenty of times where I've given way more than what I ever should, you know, trying to help different agents and different things like that. And, you know, they came and learned everything that I had and they went off and tried to do it themselves, and, you know, and all of these different kinds of things. And I mean, that's fine. It comes with the business, but you just wasted my time. And my time is valuable because I need my time to be making more $10,000 days. I need oh, more $10,000 Wednesdays. And, you know, you, you're taken away from that, <laughs> you know, for sure. Um, one thing I did want to share, and I didn't talk to uh, Shay or you about it, but um, I, I do have an agency where I have agency partners. So I want to be clear. I do not have what's considered a traditional downline, right? That is not how my agency operates. I literally bring in shoulder to shoulder equitable partners. And we have a very clear split in the way that things operate. Um, it's an ABC split. Uh, if we come in together, there's someone who is a lead, right? That's the person who brings the lead to the table. There's someone who's the opener, right? Someone who is actually going to be presenting whatever the uh, the solution is to the, to the problem. And then there's someone who's a closer. Now, sometimes that person is all three, right? One person may be all three, but each person who has that role is gaining a percentage. And so what that allows me to do is when I have certain referral partners like attorneys and tax professionals, oftentimes when they send me a lead, they come in at the A tier. So the A tier is 15% of the commission off the top, Mm -hmm. right? Now the agency takes 10% for administrative, right? So there's now we're splitting the rest of the 90% after that. The openers got 35 and the closer gets 50%. And sometimes there's two people. So it might be a 50-50 split. Somebody might be the lead and the opener, and then one person may come in and be the closer. But it's none of this mess about here's your percentage. And if you recruit 10 or 11 people, we're all coming in to work together. And everyone isn't a strong closer. Everyone isn't great with coming in with a presentation and creating solutions. So sometimes we all have to come together and work out that thing together. And everybody knows what their role is and what they're going to be able to get. So when that gentleman's calling, asking me about, uh, you know, referrals, what he don't know is he left a bunch of money on the table because I paid out 15% to the rest of my referral partners. Right. You know, because it's it's literally that, you know what I'm saying? We work in a money game. So there's money to move around. 
Hey, I love you, Nicole. I remember, <laughs> shout out to Marcus Robinson. I'm not sure if he's a part of our group, but he um, is the founder of Limitless uh, Financial or Limitless Capital. I can't really remember. Marcus, if you ever see this, don't don't beat me up. But back in the day, I went to kind of learn that concept at his firm here in Atlanta. And he and his team would come in on Monday mornings and pretty much literally hash those types of deals out. Of course, I don't know what their percentages were, but for someone who was young in the game, I was, this was years ago, I was so fascinated um, by that concept. So there's no guess that I was really fascinated by your conversation when you were talking about, you know, again, these, what I summed up as equitable relationships. So thank you for adding that because that's one of the most powerful pieces um, of of this podcast. I'm sure when people hear that, especially those that have struggled with building an agency or struggled with having a, what do you call it, a, an upline mm -hmm. that may not be effective, right? It's hard to follow someone or to allow them to get an override from you and they aren't pouring into you, they aren't giving you any value or whatnot. When you do it this way, everybody literally has to show up or, you know, it's not the it's not the situation that you want. Exactly, it's going to be the relationship that you pour into. So, mm -hmm. I just love it. I love it. Yeah, this is one of those conversations that I knew would has flown by. We got you know a couple of minutes left, and there's there's a lot I wanted to get into. We talked about the numbers. I definitely wanted to get into the how, you know, your systems, your team, work ethic. Um, we'll leave that on the table for another conversation. For sure, um, I'll be around. I know, I know, but I, I do. I do want to, um, you know, again, just pay respect because when I look at what you do, although the numbers are impressive, I think your impact is even more impressive. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I was, I look again, I follow you on social media. I look at all the stuff you're doing, and you know, the impact you're having on the community, obviously your team. You know, you, you just shared the splits, the breakdown. They're making money, plus they're getting the rub shoulders with, you know, a, a beast. You know, that that's tremendous value in itself. And then, you know, to your clients. So the, the amount of value that, you know, you're bringing, the, the amount of impact you're having, you know, I definitely want to, you know, give you respect for that because not, not a lot of us are doing that. And that, when I say a lot, this ain't a black thing. I'm talking about in our industry. Mm -hmm. right? Right? Our industry is is driven by by money for a lot of people but you know sitting back and looking at your impact respect to you nicole definitely appreciate that thank you that is very humbling i appreciate it and i feel the exact same way about you too that's why i feel like this is home y'all are my tribe because it is hard to find people who feel that same way who have that same kind of energy about the business because it is easy money but but it is a powerful impact and that's the part that we oftentimes lose sight of yeah right? Yeah. So in closing, Shay, can I can I cloak can I get the last question with Nicole before we transition you, you to our can, you can. And if we don't have enough time, if Nicole wants to leave a word, take my place and leave a word, please. Yeah. Nicole, can you hear us? Yeah. Uh -huh. oh. Are you gonna ask the question? But you had or? a question first, right? No, I was just gonna ask real quick, what's next? I mean, I know you always got something in the mixer. You know, what what can we look for from the great Nicole next? You know, next is just really growing and scaling. Um, and, and next is going to probably be me trying to take even larger steps away from 
writing with my pen every day. You know, so I'm just, I am, I am, I began this agency with the end in mind. So I am in year five of this agency. And so this is a huge growth and scale year for me where, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to set myself up for the next five years. Uh, and hopefully that entails me being more behind the scenes and in front of the business. So that way I've got these folks who don't have to worry about splitting any of that commission with me. They're on A and B and they're kind of working on it together. So that's what the end game goal um, is for me. I love it. Yeah. So I know I know Shay asked you to share a parting word. Give me one second because I want to keep you all the way through the end. I don't want to make let you give that awesome word and then I go into some housekeeping notes. So I'm gonna give you a couple seconds to get your sermon together. <laughs> Let me just take care of a couple of house taking notes. Um, first of all, Silva, let's thank Nicole again for sponsoring uh, tonight's podcast. I want to give a shout out real quick to our new members. We had a very strong, we had a very strong influx of members this past week. So thank you to everyone who has invited someone to the group. Let me pull up the list here. I'm sorry. Well, while I pull that up, upcoming events real quick. Um, Black Friday, you guys have seen it on the wall. It was initially scheduled for April 13th. Uh, we have, excuse me, it was April 8th. We pushed that back to May 13th. So keep an eye on the wall for more information about that and the update, the updated um, schedule. Uh, again, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, catch the replays on Apple and Spotify. Uh, continue to support our growth by obtaining your membership. Remember, the website is wearesober.org. You can go over there and get your membership. And shout out to the new members this week. We have the Foreman Life Insurance Group. We have Chesley Morgan, Vernon Moore, Bernard Borgish, uh, Benita Riddix, Anita Myers, and Rita Nicole. So thank you guys for joining the group. Uh, stay tuned, new members, because we are having a new member Zoom call in about two weeks. Uh, Shane and I are working out the details. We definitely want you to join. We're going to give you some great info and opportunity in that Zoom call. So stay tuned. Pay attention to the wall. Uh, that will be coming out this week. So that's all I have for housekeeping. Nicole, let us give you the mic back and allow you to close us out tonight. Awesome. I mean, the main thing that I want to say to folks is, you know, be be true to yourself and recognize your value that you have as an individual and as an agent and using that value to make your community better and you can't lose. And it's just really that simple. Use your value to make the world around you better. And that can be applied in any area, I think, of your life. Absolutely. Use your value awesome. to make the world around you better. Thank you. Thank you for that. Sober family, we are signing off. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. And we will catch you next week.